0: Bad. what community sounds like stay open hey guys this is chris from tap the craft i want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show b cups b cups is the world's first line of style specific beer cups for people on the go whether by the beach pool hiking or on the boat bee cups are great for any place you can't use glassware they're dishwasher safe lightweight bpa free Recyclable and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at Bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S.net. Go check it out.
1: craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap the craft podcast i am denny loose coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft from the state of florida tampa florida to be exact is mr chris mckenzie the wells bro
0: how are you doing tonight buddy denny i'm doing amazing i'm uh sitting down here we just got out of uh swimming with the uh with the dog and uh with cajun he's I mean, you'd figure he's part fish as much as he likes mm-hmm. to swim, but, uh, got to throw some toys for him. So he can go in there and chase after it and tire him out. And he's, uh, I think he's asleep now. Uh, what? Wait a minute. I thought those dogs never tired. I mean, he's probably not asleep, but <laughs> fingers crossed, <laughs> but he should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen him sleep once or twice, but it's a uh, very rare. Yeah. Lots of energy. Huh? Mm Mm-hmm, just a little. Yeah, well, good, good. Well, he's probably
1: cooling off. Is it warm in Tampa right now?
0: Yeah, Yeah. it was was a warm day. Oh, Uh, well. But there's also a heater on the pool, too, so that doesn't hurt things. Oh, okay, okay. So it was was like taking a bath. Yeah, well, I don't don't like it that high. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I found is I remember when I was younger growing up, we had a pool growing up that uh, it would barely break 80 degrees, and I was all about going into it. And now... Like eighty three, eighty four just seems too cold and eighty <laughs> eighty five degrees is just right. Okay. All right. That's the secret, eighty five. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's still it's probably still uh it's warm enough not to chill your body too bad, but also still cool enough to refresh you from any of that, you know, sun that's beating down on you.
0: Yeah. That does it. Well good. Well what, what else is refreshing you now? You got some beer in your glass? Yeah, so refreshing me tonight. I've actually got um a beer that I got from uh Tavor. Okay. Which, other than the promo code that we we have at the end of the show, <laughs> we haven't talked a whole lot about them. Um I think you're probably still on hiatus. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to be, but Megan's going, but you don't have any sours in the cooler. And I'm like, oh, there's a <laughs> bottle shop down the street. <laughs> yeah. But it's not stuff that I can get here. Okay. <sighs> so anyway, um, enough rambling out of me. I'm drinking something from uh, your neck of the woods, Denny, from uh, Fremont. Ah, yes. Dr- drinking some barrel aged Dark Star with coffee. Okay. What do you, I had this beer. What do you think of it? Um, immediately out of the bottle it was uh it was a little harsh the coffee was a little harsh mm-hmm. in it but now that it's warming up i'm really liking this because okay. and i've had this bottle for i think since around christmas so some of the coffee's fallen out of it because i was reading some posts on untapped that people were saying oh it's the the coffee was way too much or it was mm-hmm. uh um overpowering and, and this like the coffee's there but it's like cup of coffee that you drink, not like coffee beans. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hmm. But I'm really liking this one.
1: Oh, good. Good. I think I had it fresh and it, uh, I think what kind of uh, gave, I don't know, it's an expensive bottle of, of beer. So I expect when I pay a good hearty price for a bottle of beer that I should get something special, like mm-hmm. extra special. Uh, and it wasn't a bad beer. It just wasn't that extra special that I've come to expect when I pay a you know a premium price for for some beer. So I actually honestly I think I think I even mentioned on the show that the you know the regular Dark Star I I liked better than this uh, fancy
0: one. Honestly, so far I am too. So I think on one of our last shows I just had regular barrel aged Dark Star, and yeah. I think there's another can of Dark Star in the fridge downstairs. Yeah. Um but both of those two whether it's you know just normal or barrel aged i like them more than than this so far okay well that's two of us then we we're, we're in agreement for sure but there's there's another one one or two more in the fridge of the there's like a spiced one and yeah there's a cinnamon
1: i've had them all before i didn't have them all this year i just had the coffee one but there's a cinnamon i think right cinnamon one and yeah. and one more that i yeah it's it's uh, slipping my mind right now, but yeah, they had they have three varieties
0: that you can choose from, and of course, each one is you know premium oh, premium price. <laughs> yeah, so there was the regular barrel aged, the coffee, and then the spice one, and then I have a bottle of B bomb downstairs too.
1: Oh yeah, B bomb is good. Yeah, nice winter winter ale there. I like that one. Oh good.
0: So we should drink that right in the middle of the summer. It should be perfect. <laughs> yeah, 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 it'll it'll, <laughs> it'll cool you off. Yeah. All right well what uh, what are you drinking tonight? What's in your glass? Well, I'm drinking something special something special I brought
1: back with me from Pocatello from Jim Dandy Brewing and it's their Wee Bonnie Scotch Ale. and uh, I'll be talking about it in a little bit when we get to our uh, events about my trip to Pocatello and, and uh, also visiting Jim Dandy which is my favorite favorite brewery in Pocatello. It's really good And this time we were smart. Uh, they, you know, they have a crowler machine, and they, you know, they go ahead and s- fix up some crowlers, and you can take beer with you. Now they don't let you take all the beer. There is some special beers that don't can very well because of some unfermented uh, materials that might cause a problem, and uh, which is one of the beers that my daughter really wanted to, me to try. They ran out before I got there, but they're brewing up another batch that in a couple weeks will be ready, and she was going to, you know, grab a crowler and bring it with with her when she comes down to visit in a few weeks, and they said, no, we're not going to, we can't do it. It's on, on draft only because it's a, you know, like a guava, a guava, mm-hmm. pink guava ale. And they said, because there's still some fermentables in there, we don't want to take a chance of that can exploding or anything. So, I you know, if I want to have that beer, I have to drive back to Pocatello and try it. In person, but but they do um, can up, you know, do crowlers of most of their beers, and I'll tell you what the pricing is very reasonable seven dollars for a thirty two ounce, you know, crowler. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, um, that's the regular stuff, and then if you have a specialty beer, then it's between nine and eleven dollars. So I did bring back with me three crowlers. Uh, one is this wee Bonnie Scotia, which is Sarah's and mine one of our favorite beers they really do a good scotch ale it's, it's really good we love it and so sarah said hey we're going to get a can of that and then we've got a couple ipas they have this new hazy ipa that they released that's called the the juicy gym and she's using idaho gym hops in there a uh, really nice hazy ipa we got a can of that and then we got a can of uh, their Imperial, this is specialty, one of their specialty ones, their Imperial IPA called the Westie. And uh, so we got a can of that for $9. So pretty, you know, for a fairly reasonable price, we've got quite a bit of beer to drink. Your and, Crowler prices are pretty damn cheap. Yeah, well, that that's just their prices. Their prices are, are really reasonably priced. And uh, that, that's not necessarily what we get in town in Boise, because in Boise, the Crowler's... If you go to the the growler guys, their crowlers are typically, you know, for most of beers are about seven dollars, uh, but they creep up into that nine to eleven dollar range, and some are thirteen. But a lot of the, you know, some of the places that have crowlers uh, locally here, they, you know, they do have like a thirteen dollar, you know, crowler fill for for their beer. That's a little bit too much for thirty two ounces, in my opinion. I I don't like paying that much for, for some beer. I'll just go and drink it on tap. And
0: yeah. don't ever go to Angry Chair. That's all I'm going to tell you. Because their their crowlers are like uh, twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, on a good day. <laughs> well, that's because
1: they're selling their twenty two or twenty five ounce, you know, uh, bottles for like twenty five bucks, right? So they got to have a, a hefty price on their crowlers. I've I've paid twenty
0: five dollars for a crowler before.
1: Wow. Wow. That's yeah. uh. But I mean, I mean, you just. I mean, you're drinking a twenty five dollar beer right now, right? That twenty two ounce
0: bottle of that. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Or maybe it was even 30 because you had the Tavor upcharge. Well, I mean, since my last box, I think I only had about 15 or 20 bottles in there, so 26. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah. so I'll be talking more about
1: Jim Dandy uh, when we get to our event section, but that was just a little taste- of what I have to talk about. And I'm tasting some fantastic beer right now. But before we get too far into the show, I always like to explain to anyone new listening to the show, what tap to craft podcast is all about. And we are an educational podcast. We want to focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help people along in their craft beer journeys. Now, this doesn't matter whether you are experienced craft beer drinker or you're brand new. It doesn't matter because we Talk about everything, and even the most experienced people find some interesting stuff we have to talk about, and some some knowledge we like to throw out. The knowledge and education—it's so all about educating people on craft beer, so you don't have to be scared to go out there and try it. Go out to those those pubs and those breweries, sit at that bar, talk to that beer tender, find out about their beer, and and they'll you know you'll find out most of these people will love to talk about beer too. So you can learn. And you can then learn from us too we like we like that. we talk
0: about beer too, yeah, we like to talk
1: about beer i in fact, I just keep rambling on. I can't mm-hmm, stop mm-hmm. I can't stop <laughs> You're listening to episode one twenty six we're recording on Monday, May twentieth two thousand nineteen, and in this episode, we are going to discuss the biggest craft beer news story this month concerning the merger or more like an acquisition that Boston beer has been is doing with dogfish head, so this is uh, the day that our last show aired, uh, this news was dropped that Thursday and man, we just missed you know if this would have been dropped a week before we could have talked about it on last show. but I you know it might be old news now for some people, but I think it's important. Uh, it, this is a, a sign of the times, and I want to kind of dive into this a little bit and give my take on what I think is going on just from my experience uh, all these years and get Chris's take on what he thinks is going on and find out from our listeners what you guys think of this acquisition or merger. And I also just want to kind of go over a little brief history of both these breweries, because these breweries are pioneers in the craft beer world. So why not find out a little bit about their history? And of course, we already told you, you're going to have some great conversation from Chris and I along the way. So let's get into some of this conversation. Let's find out what our listeners are drinking as they post on Untap. So, Chris, are you ready for this segment? This time I'm not. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm ready. Okay,
0: good. Huh? That was quick. You're good. Okay, I'm lying to you just to delay you a little bit. Oh. But, I mean, there's a lot to scroll through. Well, Jeez, you, you, don't to, you don't have to You don't read them all because now it's getting pretty popular. People
1: were, were really starting to drink in this last 24 hours. So if you need to, hi, you know, go through and highlight some of the ones that – for sure look interesting and some people maybe that we don't, you know, talk about every week.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm seeing one from, from Tom Byrne. He was talking about drinking a river beer by white dog brewing. And he said, he forgot to check this in a little bit back. I'm I'm not even going to get into that one. You forgot <laughs> to check into the, You forgot to check into that one. That, that doesn't count. No, no. That, he beer, gave that? that beer is really good. I love that he, beer. <laughs> he gave that one. He gave that one three and a half caps. So yeah. Yeah. Because or, it's a light, uh, it's a, I mean, it's a
1: lighter, easy drinking beer that you, you can drink on the river. I mean, as you're going fishing, uh, playing on the, along the river, tubing along the river, the Boise River has, uh, ra- rafting. We used to be able to drink on it. They have outlaw drinking on the river now. Can you believe that? What, what kind of, what kind of BS is that where you can't drink while you're tubing down, you know, floating down the river?
0: Yeah, uh, we're not we're not allowed to drink on most of our beaches either. Really? That uh, that doesn't really stop you.
1: Okay, good because if that was the case, I'm not coming to Tampa. That's that's <laughs> half the
0: fun. Just drinking on. I the mean, beach. there's a there's a couple of beaches that you can, but there's a handful of them that you're not supposed to. Um, I'm pretty sure that every time I've been to the beach, that I have beer with me. Okay. Um, so I just put it in a koozie and just don't act act like an idiot, and I don't have anything to worry about.
1: Yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of hard to use your B cups. Uh, out on the beach if there's no alcohol allowed
0: because they can see right through that you're drinking alcohol. Huh? Yeah, I mean, if, if the cops see you, uh, see you in your B-cups, you're probably going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. That was way too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to start off a little further back, but I, I'm not going to be hitting all of these, especially because our, our buddy Mike Allen's been drinking like a fish yeah, uh, yeah. the last couple of days. So, um, so we're going to start with Matt Laney. And Matt is drinking one of my favorite beers anytime I'm out on the West Coast. is a Big uh, big Sky Moose Drool Brown oh, Ale. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. talked about that. A lot, absolutely. And uh, he writes, not sure what a brown ale is supposed to taste like. It's decent. I bought for <laughs> a barbecue at my brother's because he likes it. Yeah. It's good with the wife's pizza. He gave that one three and a half caps. Nice. And uh, it, as far as a brown ale goes, Matt, it doesn't get much better than that.
1: <laughs> uh, those there's good brown ales out there
0: but i do oh there's agree. a lot of good brown ones out there but that's that's the og brown it's a ale. classic
1: yeah it's a classic yeah. that uh i mean most people have heard of i'm shocked that matt hasn't heard of this one uh or maybe actually did he say in his post that he that he has drank it before uh, um no,
0: no. Okay. he said uh yeah it was decent but okay. um he's he's only checked into currently 22 different beers so this uh this untapped that might be a little bit new to him.
1: Well, yeah, maybe he he just doesn't uh, check in very often. Matt, Matt and Matt and his brother Josh and I have been friends for a long time. Oh yeah, I just saw he checked in to uh, the shoots too. All maybe right, well let's let's get to that. Oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going <laughs> to I cheated and opened my untapped because I wanted to see. <laughs> uh, what Matt's been drinking because I haven't seen him check into stuff recently. So that's good.
0: All right. So Mike Allen is drinking Sherry on by superstition meadery. I uh, gave that one four and a quarter caps. Uh, moving up to, yeah, we you talked about you, Tom and your river beer. Let's see, moving on up some more. What's going on here? Okay. Tom Joseph drinking a, now I am death destroyer of worlds ghost 744 by a droid theory. Ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I started reading that. I was like, God, this is a long name called so <laughs> ghost 744 and went, this is a droid theory, isn't it? Um, <laughs> gave this one four caps. He writes very tasty and slightly hazy. Not a fan of the can art, which is surprising because normally Tom, it, the picture's upside down and all you can read is part of the <laughs> label. <laughs> We love can art, Tom. Show us what you got. Yeah, come on, man. Anyway, I gave that one four caps, so we'll we'll see what is next on the list. (laughs) James Kudzahal is drinking a 50-cent day IPA by Tuckerman Brewing Company, and he writes, very pleasant, hazy New England IPA, taking some back with me. Gave that one four and a quarter caps. He's drinking that at Tuckerman Brewing Company. And what else they got there? Jim, the uh, the Kolsch, very drinkable, even though it's not my favorite style, but still gave it three and a quarter caps. Mm. I love some Kolsch's. And then look at that, Tara drinking right along next to him. She had the 50-cent day IPA as well, gave that one four and a quarter caps also. And she writes, I knew this would be a winner when I saw the brewer pour himself a pint. <laughs>
1: that's all, yes.
0: <laughs> yes, that's yeah. always a key sign. <laughs> that's the one you go with. Uh, Jim Kudzall again, drinking Summer Pilsner. They, again, they are at Tuckerman Brewing Company. Writes, very tasty, single hopped with citra and orange peel additions. Gave that one three and a half caps. Um, Tara is having the Headwall Alt at Tuckerman Brewing Company. Not my usual style, but I keep coming back to this one in my flight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three and three quarters caps. Uh, They also had the rock pile IPA. She writes, I did not realize how much I missed the pine in my sidetrack journeys with New England IPAs. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Gave that one four caps. And then let's see. Jeff S. is drinking the Decapitation of Morbidity by Brewer Bur, their Burial Beer Company. <laughs> Burial, nice. Yeah. Gave this one four and three quarters caps. And he writes on this IPA that it's absolutely delicious, hazy IPA, tropical, hoppy, and dangerously drinkable. I love this beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me.
1: Yeah. B- yeah. burial's pretty good.
0: Oh yeah. I've uh, enjoyed that myself. Um, Johan Halberg is drinking a chugger by Amundsen. Beardry. That's what I'm going with. I okay. like that. Beardry. Beardry. Um, Thin, but definitely chuggable. Peach, mm-hmm. pa- peach, passion fruit, and a citrus bite. Uh, three and a quarter caps on that one. Um, Eric Gronly is drinking a Beautiful Buzz Blonde by oh. Invictus Brewing. Nice. Writes, tasty little blonde ale after a rainy weekend. Great way to kick off Monday. Honey sweetness coming through. Three and a half caps on that one from him. And then also at Invictus, he is also drinking from Brussels with love. Drinking a tasty Belgian strong ale hmm. uh, writes clove, Melanie and a hint of pepper that works Four caps on that one. Oh, really? He's uh he must be going, going for the gamut at uh, Invictus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was listening through static. Holy juice bomb, Batman. Uh, really <laughs> flavorful and refreshing citrusy goodness in a glass. Very smooth, uh, very soft, smooth mouthfeel. Four caps on that one from Eric. Uh, Jeff S. again, wow, this triple IPA goes down smooth and easy. So much hop flavor and aroma, tropical, fruity, and mildly dank. Me likey must find more. (laughs) (laughs) So he's drinking TTFN by Casita Cerveceria. And he gave that one four and three quarters caps. Hmm. He's getting some good beer today. Yeah. Because this was two hours ago. All right, and let's see. Moving on, Chad Lamasa drinking all days off by Key Brewing Company. Just writes, not a bad lager. Yeah. Three uh, three and three-quarters caps on that one. Uh, there's my check-in. Steven Brown here in the Tampa area is drinking a See What Happened Was by Cypress Brewing Company. Uh, he's drinking that at his house. Gave that one four caps. And then Craft Beer Joe got his three in right before he started recording 13, 12, and 11 minutes ago for these three. Uh, he's drinking Blushing Monk by Founders. Uh, gave that one four and a quarter caps. Yeah, that's, Have you had that one? That was pretty uh, good. No, I haven't. I, almost, I remember almost buying it, but at the time, I wasn't a big fan of that type of beer.
1: Oh yeah, but I think uh, you don't buy it for yourself.
0: You buy it for
1: your lovely wife.
0: So, do you remember what the first beer I ever told beer style I told you I didn't like, but kept trying, and for now I like them? Uh, Well, I don't. I mean, it was it was it was a Belgian. It was a Belgian. Yeah, Um, and I know this one. I. Something tells me that this was Belgian, and I didn't. It's a,
1: so this beer is—it's not—it's you're right. It's kind of Belgian like. It's—it's kind of like a a souped up lambic. Okay. It's big giant raspberry. I think if I remember correctly, raspberry flavor. Now I can't remember, but I think it's the one that had a big raspberry flavor. And it just tastes—I mean, it just was wonderful. And it didn't. It it kind of had some of that lambic character, that f- super fruity jammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, fruit character, uh, but like amped up to a lot of alcohol. I mean, normally lambics are like two and a half, right? Two and a half percent. And this thing was like nine, 9. percent or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, some
0: ridiculous amount. I I think you would like it. I think I think Megan would like it too. It's it's really tasty. Yeah, I think now I probably would. And I remember it because it was in my um. I worked in a grocery store when I lived in Ohio. One of my first jobs when I moved there, and this beer was there and. I kept looking at it going, I don't know. I want to try it, but I believe the 12 ounce bottle was something like six or six ninety nine oh, wow. or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was probably 10 years ago. So, you know, who knows, but uh, I guess it's, I have zero check-ins to that beer, so I guess I got to get on that. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to Craft Beer Joe again, drinking a 75-minute IPA by Dogfish Head Craft oh, Brewery. Look at that. He's, he knows yeah. what we're
1: talking about. He went ahead and drank some He's Dogfish He's a smart head. guy. He's a smart <laughs> guy. Uh,
0: I gave that one four caps. And then the last thing on our list, Craft Beer Joe is drinking an Athena per- yeah, Paradiso. Paradiso tart cherry raspberry and cranberry by creature comforts brewing company down Mm. in georgia um hopefully i'll see a picture of that on his instagram at craft beer joe um didn't leave a rating didn't leave any notes oh and that's what everybody's drinking wow that was good that was uh not not so long i thought it was gonna be a
1: lot longer the way you were Uh talking
0: I will admit, so I, that was an extremely long list, um, <laughs> and you cut it down. <laughs> I did, and I apologize. I tried to get on a little bit of everybody. Yeah, no, um, you did good. You did. Or good. I tried, or I tried to make sure that the beers were like four caps and above. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You always want to, but sometimes
1: you need to give a little PSA out there for beers that maybe you want to stay away from too. So if there is some really low ones, you can hit those and say, "Hey, might might pass on this one."
0: Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, there's I think people have to try them on their own. That's true. That's true. Good point. Good point. All right. So, um,
1: Chris, did you do any any events or anything, any fun beer-related stuff since our last recording?
0: No, nothing beer-related. No? I suck at okay. do.
1: No, that's okay. You just been you've been talking. <laughs> I can give your voice a little rest. You can go ahead and drink some beer. Get that vocal cords all tuned for our for our uh, the rest of the show. And I'll talk about a couple events, a couple things that I did since our last recording. And All the right. first, yeah, the first thing I'm going to talk about was an event that my work through, uh, my department, we have department meetings and, you know, like any department meeting that, you know, you go to and the, the director will come up and, and go ahead and, and give it, you know, a presentation. And then we usually have, you know, some of the different engineers will come in and, and, and present something. So I've presented a few times and, you know, it's kind of fun to, to see what other people's projects are doing and stuff, but I think he realized that the last couple of meetings uh, he was, you know, going to maybe start losing some people coming to the meeting. He was, might need to spice it up a little bit. So he decided to go ahead and hold our monthly meeting for this month off-site, an off-site meeting, and uh, and he held it at a place that I had never heard of. In fact, I never even knew this stuff existed until I showed up and got tossed into it and what is this place it's called base camp pong pong and axe and this is a a a venue that has a bunch of ping pong tables to play ping pong so you can drink beer order some snack foods and and play ping pong and in the back there's a whole section where you have four different we have eight eight uh, lanes where you can throw axes at targets you know, like a round bullseye target on a wall. And you can play against each other and have a tournament. And so we went ahead and there was a big room back there. So we went and did our meeting. Well, first we, we got some beers. You know, who, who doesn't want to drink beer and throw axes, right? That- well, you
0: need beer first before you start throwing axes. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we, we, uh, we, got, we got in, we ordered our beers, uh, and then well, went ahead and started the meeting. And he said, "Okay, we're gonna have a short meeting." He went over a few things, like maybe 20 minutes, and then they brought out some appetizers, finger food, more beer, and then they the, the people came out to kind of give us the the lowdown on throwing axes and what we're gonna do. So uh, we we split up into teams, and there was uh, f- four different groups of five people. I think I think it was five or six people. We we are I don't know. It was, we have quite a few people. And then we each got four practice throws, just a here's how you throw it. And, of course, I get up there, and I don't stick anything, right? It, the axe throws, hits the wood, and bounces off and lands on my feet just about because I'm just not very good at it. And I, But I say, like, hey, it's okay. I'm just having fun drinking. And then we started the tournament. And, of course, I get up there, and literally, like, the first round of, of four – four throws, nothing. Second round, nothing. It wasn't until the last round that I even got one to stick into the damn board. <laughs> <laughs> and so at the last round, what happened is that the guy that's, you know, each lane has, or each group of of uh, people throwing against each other, they have one guy or one girl there that kind of explains, you know, kind of there to help you and make sure that you, uh, you know, that you try to get the best experience. And this one guy was so patient with me he kept you know working with me each time. Okay, hold the axe like this and think about this. And then finally the you know, I finally was doing it and things were starting to work, but I still wasn't sticking. And he finally said, Okay, I saw I see what your problem is. He says, You're taking too big of a, a step. Your your step forward is too large. You're taking like a stride instead of just like a half step. So take a half step and then do your motion. I did that, and boom, I started sticking the axe into the bull's <laughs> you know into the bullseye. Not only was I sticking it and hitting the target, I was hitting like dead bullseye. And I, I, all of a sudden, I came alive and I, uh, and I started, uh, doing well. In fact, I did so well that in my group, I came in second place out of the six people that were in my little group. And I scored like 110 points, which is like really good. And I played against a guy that went to the, went to the, the tournament, uh, at the end. So each of the, the four groups, the best, the, po- the person with the most points in each group, they played against each other, and they had, like, a tournament, you know, to be the champion axe thrower. So I actually played against the guy that in my group won that, you know, he had the most points. He had, like, a hundred I think he had 120 some points. So I was, like, you know, 10 points below him, 10, 11 points below him. Um, But he and I played against each other, and I watched him play earlier. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get my ass handed to me on here. But I kept my own. Not only did I keep my own, I... I was leading uh, for the mo- you know for a lot of times and I was hitting like bullseye and bullseye and you know we were going back and forth hitting bullseyes and we were you know it was like a very good matchup. and then at the end we were tied. At the end of the three rounds, the points scored we both had exactly the same amount of points. so we went to a tiebreaker and the tiebreaker is you go from a hatchet axe to a full-size axe <laughs> I mean like a three foot you know axe right and now you guys sta- you stand back, to the line behind the one you were throwing at. So now you're farther distance, and now you throw this axe. And now whoever, you know, scores the most points, each, it's like, a, you know, whoever scores the most points at each time you throw it wins. So he threw it, and he hit the, uh, actually, no, I was it, I, I can't remember who started. I think he started. I think I started first. I threw it, and I hit the three points. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I got that thing to stick. And then he threw it, he hit three points. So we were tied. So we had to go to a second tiebreaker to throw off. And then he threw it. And then he hit, I think he was close to a five. And then I threw it and mine hit the five, but I didn't have enough power and it hit the bullseye and then fell back out. And he, he ended up winning uh, that round. But man, it was so exciting to go and, you know, throw these axes
0: and, and do that. Have you ever done something like this? Uh, I've thrown axes before. Wow. Uh, I didn't, I didn't do it with any, uh, with, with beer or anything. With any beer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it felt a little risky, right? Drinking, feeling good,
0: sharp objects. Stop thinking and have fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know this thing, this type of activity even existed. I mean, I know that, yeah, you go, I mean, I'm sure people do it out in the woods when they're going camping or whatever. That's one thing. But I didn't know there was like an organized uh, business where people go and pay money to go throw (laughs) axes.
0: Yeah. You you lift it up over your head, both arms over your head, step forward and throw it. Yeah. 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 some some of the guys were actually taking
1: video so there's actually video of it of me doing it out there in the wild somewhere I have to try to see if I can
0: find it well when the apocalypse happens I need you in our bunker
1: yeah I'll be ready I'll be axes. ready to throw throw down throw down some axes <laughs> yeah so that that was my one you know beer related activity that I really had a good time I at first I was like yeah I'll try it but I'm not you know I don't think I'm going to really dig this too much and at the end I left there and I said I went you know I told my director I said man I really appreciate you doing this right it's not cheap either they had to pay Mm -hmm. quite a bit of money to do it but I I felt I just felt nice to have that type of activity and the camaraderie and all the cheering everyone was you know you know having a good time by the time I left there my voice I lost my voice because I was you know cheering so loud for the the championship that was going on and the championship was was like same thing was like tied and it was like you know each each guy was throwing bullseye bullseye and it was it was Clint the guy I played against and then uh, another guy in my uh, that I work with in my group you know he was throwing and uh, it was just like neck and neck the whole you know the whole uh, uh, game and it was just very exciting very much fun so all right that's that's my first activity second one I've already kind of mentioned that I went I you know I went to Pocatello and I I went to Pocatello on Friday the the whole plan was that my wife's parents Were teachers they wanted to see my daughter teach and of course she teaches in Pocatello and she's a teacher so they said hey we want to come see Haley teach uh can you guys you know come with us down there and and kind of you know escort us and and go do it so so Sarah my wife goes yeah I'll I'll take you so I thought oh good I got a weekend to myself you know I can just sit back and in Boise and kind of do my own thing and then of course Sarah said hey I I could use some moral support could you just come with me and help <laughs> me through and you know and, and and plus I love seeing my daughter and I love going and watching her teach uh, I've seen her teach a couple times already and every time I go I'm just I just elated with joy and happiness because I she's such a natural teacher and does such a great job I'm you know very proud of her so I said yeah I'll go you know I want to be the you know I want her to make sure she knows that, you know that that Sarah knows that she owes me now, right? Because I I sacrificed and and in uh-uh.
0: there. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. How much beer did you leave with?
1: Yeah. No, no, I did. I I did have some good beer. So thought, yeah, now that's just it. Talking about beer, So Friday we drive we drive to Pocatello. It's a three hour drive. Uh, normally a three hour drive, but uh, this it's two and two hundred and fifty miles. But we were it was a rainstorm going on, so it took us a little bit longer because the rain was really bad coming down really strong and it was like a, a monsoon, you know, the, the you couldn't even see the road because the rain wash was just like all over the place. So it was pretty kind of a nasty drive down. But we got into Pocatello and the rain has stopped. So it was like, ooh, great, this is kind of cool. We went, we watched my daughter teach, did a great job. Uh we went to dinner afterwards, and then, you know, you know how uh, you know, older people They tend to uh, get tired really early. So we got done eating like at 6.30, and they wanted to go back to the hotel and go rest. Well, guess what that means? That means Sarah Haley and I were free for the night to go drink. And where do we drink? At Jim Dandy Brewing. Jim Dandy. And I was looking forward to it. I was just antsy. I'm just like, I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. We show up at about 7 o'clock, I think it was. Or maybe it was... uh, Now I can't remember. Somewhere we showed up, and the place was packed, right? Because that place is always packed. And and, but luckily, someone had gotten up from the bar, and so we had three seats right at the bar. So we sat down, again, welcomed with such great service. And I mean, every single person that works there always is coming up to us and asking if we need anything, need a refill, what you know, just talking, being friendly. We had a lot of different conversations with all the beer tenders there. Great great experience very i mean a welcoming place Uh, and i saw that i'd already had a lot of the beers that they had on there from you know last couple times i've been there but they did have a couple beers i already mentioned the juicy gym so i started off with that had a pint of that really good i had i had to have the wee bonnie a pint of that and then my daughter had um she had an amber ale that was new and i you know i'm not usually a I, i try to stay away from the amber ales because sometimes the malt character in those and along with some of the hops can kind of throw off my my taste buds a little bit it doesn't give me the best uh, you know the best experience but I, I always try them so I tried her beer and said wow that is uh, really nice so I ordered a pint of that also and then of course Sarah ordered a couple things and then she couldn't finish her beer so I had to finish off her beer too so you know I had a few beers uh, and just had a really really great time uh, left there just uh, you know happy and and uh and and like i always do i really enjoy uh going there now we drove back home uh saturday afternoon because i had to come back and my my good friend sean his his youngest daughter graduated from high school so he had a graduation party so we roll into town i literally jump out uh, empty out the car and we and then sarah drives me to the uh to the party while she goes with her parents. So I got lucky there, right? We had a graduation party. So I got to go to the party while Sarah got to entertain her parents for a few more hours. Uh, and so it was kind of a, you know, busy, busy day, busy weekend. Sunday, we had our grandson, uh, and then her parents, we were celebrating her father's 82nd birthday and I barbecued in the rain and, uh, we got to, you know, spend some more time then. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Well, yesterday, afternoon i'm getting messages from my daughter saying hey did you see that that jim dandy uh, posted your podcast on their their facebook feed and i said no really because of all these years for almost five years that we've been doing this podcast and nobody has ever reposted any of our podcasts even when i put them on twitter you know i tagged them specifically and say anything or on facebook whatever nobody ever even read you know shares the podcast, let alone makes their own post on their own page about
0: the the show. And well, you know who you know who po- who shares our podcast, Denny? Who does? You and I. <laughs> yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah. You and I, and
1: also uh, Johan Halberg will share it, and my you know my buddy Alex uh,
0: Fuchs will sometimes share it. There's a few people that will share, but mostly it's you and me. You're right. No, it's, that's basically my way of just saying, hey you guys need to share the podcast. Yeah, 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 if you guys share
1: it's great. But I'll tell you what. Um kind words uh and I I it really made me feel good that they just were randomly. So here's the other thing is I guess Haley was chatting with the owners and they said, "Yeah, we just randomly found the show and then happened to listen to an episode where we mentioned their brewery and they felt pretty, you know, happy about that and just wanted to go ahead and share it with the uh, with their followers and I, and we really appreciate that and and uh, it makes me feel good. So I hope I hope uh, Haley and Davis are enjoying the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to talk about, let me know. And if you want to record a little segment uh, for a show in the future when I come down to Bo- or to Pocatello, let me know and I'll bring my computer and we can record a little segment. That'd uh, be
0: awesome. Yeah, I want to I want to do that here too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I want to do it. I just. I have to be forced into it sometimes because I I have to have the time. But if I go and, you know, I can get a little tour of the brewery and uh, we can sit back, drink some beer and just chat about how they got their start and and what their their plans are and 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 how they're enjoying owning their own brewery. I would love to do that. So just just let us know. Woo! wow. That was uh, that was quite an event, huh?
0: That's a, that's a
1: hell of an event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a good week. I was, I felt so bad because last, you know, few shows, I haven't done anything, you know, fun to talk about. So now I had to make up for it. Also, last show, I didn't talk about any noteworthy beers. I got some noteworthy beers. Yeah. What the hell was that? I had to make up. I made up uh, because I slacked off. But while right. we're talking about noteworthy beers, Chris, why don't you go ahead, let our listeners know some of those
0: fantastic beers you've been drinking. You know what, Denny? I, I was looking at this since you and I have well, I have five mm-hmm. and you have five. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's go back and forth. Okay, sure. So, right. so I'm going to start off. I had a beer from a brewery that I haven't had for quite a while, even though I do see them down here a little bit. Clown Shoes. Oh, yeah. In Massachusetts. I had their Porcine Unidragon uh which is a barrel aged imperial stout and they use some um some beechwood smoked malt in that and according to beer advocate <laughs> the notes on this one says it's made with a beechwood smoked malt which adds a natural meaty tone yeah to this one kind of like uh, budweiserish <laughs> ew <laughs> says, beechwood aged not Beachwood. Oh smoke. yeah
1: okay okay <laughs>
0: yeah, and it says there is no actual meat in the brew and then it's aged 100% in bourbon barrels and the line at the bottom says little piggies run squeal to the heavens <laughs> Oh wow Yeah wow. so we, uh,
1: poor sign. Oh that's why it's called the porcine okay yeah, yeah so it. it's got
0: that it's got some of that smoked malt in there I gave that one 4.25 caps oh, um, Nice. had that had that last weekend I believe had I think if I, I was looking at this, uh, I've had a couple of beers from Ohio and uh, Pennsylvania in this list. too. Nice. Yeah. So, the next one I'm going to talk about, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Platform Beer Company, which I haven't seen much of since it was down here because they don't distribute here. Mm. But Kevin and Amanda brought me beer. Oh. I'm slowly going through. I think I'm just about through that. uh the stuff they brought me when they stopped by to say hi. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they brought me a can of Emo, which is a bourbon and rum barrel aged s'mores Imperial Stout. So chocolate and marshmallow Marshmallow, and graham cracker. Yeah. And uh, that was, I don't remember how big that one was. Um, I do, if I recall, it was a double digit beer and it was uh, way too easy to drink. Oh. And it was four and a half caps for me on that one. Nice. Um, that was, that one was just, that was delicious. Um, the next one I have is from barrier brewing company and barrier brewing company is something I've been getting a lot from Tavor, but they've been making some pretty awesome IPAs. They brewed a beer called kick knowledge, which I had a couple uh weeks ago, which was a mango IPA. This one is a peach coconut and vanilla milkshake IPA. Oh, nice. And this, uh, the f- I remember the flavors in this one, uh, you know, peach can be a pretty strong flavor, and um, depending on how much you like coconut, that can that can take over your beer pretty quickly mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but these the flavors were all they were all balanced really well. They were they were subtle, but they were definitely still there, mm-hmm. and that worked out really well for that beer. Uh, I gave that one four and a half caps as well, and and I just said we were going to go back and forth <laughs> with our beers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Screw it. You got carried away. You're so excited. Go I was, ahead. I was up. excited. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> we went to uh Trogues. Uh okay, again, Kevin and Amanda. They brought me a bottle of bourbon barrel aged troganator. Oh, nice. It was ca- uh corked and caged. And uh I had that yesterday, the day before. Mm. Um but just sat out. That was a definitely a beer to sip on. Uh, but it was it was really good. There was some uh there's some oaky flavors in there and some dark fruits. I can't remember what kind of beer it is. It's a Bach. I think double Bach. Yeah. It's a d- double Bach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was just phenomenal. So again, thank you guys for all the beers you brought me. And I think there was one more that I haven't had yet, which was called Putin's revenge. Oh,
1: oh wow. <laughs> is it <that laughs> a Russian Imperial stout or something?
0: I, or? Honestly? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll admit I had one and I never checked it in. Oh, um, but it's a it was a porter. Mm. Oh, Baltic porter. Oh, Baltic yeah, porter. yeah. I love Baltic um, porters. Yes. Yeah, me too. Uh, and and uh, yeah, so I had one of them, but it was a night that I've already had a couple of really big <laughs> beers, so I, I don't remember <laughs> how good if it was good or if it was bad. Uh, um, so we we shall see, and. No, I take it back. I did have one of those the other night. Either way, um, I think I have one more left. so I'm going to have to drink that and drink it first. So it's not, you know, last in the evening. Um, and then we had uh, from a brewery again in Ohio, mm-hmm. which looks like you had some of too. I did. Yeah. Uh, different beer, but uh, from a Hoofhearted, hoof hearted, they had a beer called thanks for letting us play tonight. And like a few of our other listeners, uh, Tara Carlson, I know you've had this beer. Uh, just like you messaged on my check-in on Untapped, the can art got me on this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and this was—it uh, was like some '80s rockers, you know, the the hair band guys, uh, drawn in cartoon as uh, Hoofhearted normally does is with their with their can art. Um, you know, they look like just some guys in a band. It's, hey, thanks for letting us play here tonight. Uh, but that was a IPA or uh double ipa i'm not entirely sure uh but that one get ended up getting four and a quarter caps uh just because it was super smooth i remember the hop the hop flavor in it was it wasn't huge and then it disappeared really quickly yeah so it didn't have that lingering hop bitterness just sitting on your tongue kind of like that that cloying flavor on your palate while you're drinking it Mm -hmm. um but I, that one was that one was really good, and I think I have one more can of that that I'll have to drink here soon too. <laughs> nice. So now that I've read my my one and then my five beers, uh, <laughs> what about your new and noteworthy beers, Denny? All right, well I have a couple,
1: like five, and I'll just mm-hmm. go and we'll alternate between mine and yours. And uh, no, I'll just read mine off <laughs> all at
0: once. That's okay. But all right, smartass.
1: I'm going to start. We we did have some new breweries show up in the Boise area uh, they must have got some distribution that uh, you know that caught the uh, you know caught the truck over and and got over here from the East Coast but uh, one beer one one we've talked uh, uh, one a brewery we talked about a lot that I never had any of their beers before but I always wanted to try it and I know that we had Chad LaMassa, he mentioned that he went and picked up these decadent Brewing beers and really liked them. They have all these really wild, crazy flavors, and so I picked up everything that they had. There was four beers, picked them all up. Uh, you know, paid a, a hefty price. These are like five, five fifty uh, per can, so they're not cheap. They're you know they're up in the, But I wanted to try them and find out which ones I liked, which ones I didn't. So I, all of them were decent. They were all decent beers, but one stood up above the rest and that's what i'm going to talk about right now it's the decadent double toasted marshmallow double ipa and i know this sounds ridiculous to have a toasted marshmallow double ipa but this beer was so good it was made with mosaic hops madagascar vanilla vanilla beans were added into it along with marshmallows and coconut sugar it was a very thick and creamy and rich and tasty double ipa that had a soft finish and soft mouthfeel and and uh, you did you did get some of those those uh you know tropical citrus hop characters in there of the double ipa but it was really you know creamy and vanilla and and like you're you know eating a toasted marshmallow i loved it I gave this beer a five-cap rating. I loved it so much. So if you can get Decadent Double Toasted Marshmallow, give it a shot. You, I'm not saying that everyone's going to like this, but I really enjoyed it for what it was. I, I really I really did enjoy it. Have you, have you had this before? Have you had any Decadent uh, beers you
0: remember? Oh, uh, I do not know. Okay. I'm going to say that I haven't just because Decadent just doesn't sound very familiar to me. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, they, uh, you know, I had uh, pecan pecan pie, double IPA. Uh, had like maple. It, it was kind of. Sarah didn't like that one at all because it. She doesn't like to have that maple sweetness in with the IPA. It kind of threw her off. But it was
0: okay. I, I oh, mean. I have. Oh, what did I have? Pacific <laughs> Punch. Oh. By Decadent Ales. Um, and that was oh, that was a Tavor beer. Okay. Uh, Double IPA featuring a blend of South Pacific hops, notes of citrus, fresh squeeze, lemon, lime, fresh peaches, and apricot. Oh, I love uh, apricot. Oh, wow. That I sounds gave, good. Where's, where's my check-in? <laughs> Where'd it go? <laughs> I gave this one a 3.75 caps. A okay. little on this. I actually wrote notes for this. Holy oh, shit. That, uh, a little on the you. sweet side, but nice hop bitterness at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, that's one I yeah
1: I really like that one and um and and what surprised me too is that only like one or I think only one of the beers that I had Chad had actually had so you know these are ones that he hasn't had yet either right and I'm looking forward to trying some of the ones that he did enjoy himself I think the pecan pie one we he had had and I i had had that one too um so that that's the first one that was my first 5 cap rating of the evening um then last night you know the last final episode of Game of Thrones. We had to yeah, break it's... open something. You know that can. You know give us a little bit of, of uh, you know Game of numbness. Thrones numbness. Yeah. yeah n- <laughs> n- n- <laughs> so I've had this uh, this twenty ounce tall boy can from Oscar Blues. It's their barrel aged ten fifty imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. I've had this can for about a month now, waiting for the right moment to drink it. Maybe maybe longer than a month actually. I, I may have had it from Christmas time. I don't it can't be that long. I don't think it was that old. But I I've had it for a while. But I'm just waiting for the right moment to drink it because it's twenty ounces. I don't wanna drink twenty ounces of this big giant stout by myself. So I've been waiting for Sarah to share it and she's been sick on and off and so she hasn't been drinking as much. Last night was the night. We cracked it open and we shared this beer and we both absolutely fell in love with it. It's The 1050 is a great beer on its own, Imperial Stout on its own, really good. Add it into these bourbon barrels that they aged it in, perfectly, perfectly done. Uh, Not overwhelming where you lose all that character of the beer. Uh, The aroma comes off, a lot of bourbon up front, vanilla, a lot of vanilla in the nose with that bourbon uh, barrel aging. And then uh, as you sip it, though, you get that chocolate from the, from the imperial stout and you get a lot of almost you get the vanilla and almost like some barley wine dark characters maybe even uh going into the belgian dark strong ale characters where you have some of those figs dates you know some of that uh that dark fruit uh character in there uh and then just finishes off nice with the vanilla barrel you know barrel woody character super smooth no hint that this sucker is twelve point nine percent alcohol. You had no idea. It didn't come across hot at all. It was very easy, smooth, thick, nice beer. Man, five cap rating. Uh, it's really, really good. Have you had this beer, Chris? Or yes, can you get I have.
0: it? Yeah, yeah. We've, yeah. I've had a couple of those, um, and that is—they've got that dialed in right. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, for a, for a brewery as big as.
1: Oscar Blues is now. Uh, they, I mean that this beer is is just fantastic. I feel very lucky to be able to get you know this kind of great beer, uh, you know, in my area and at a reasonable price. I mean, I think it was. Oh, you know what? Actually, it was like thirteen. That's still reasonable. I think it was thirteen dollars for that twenty ounce can. That's still reasonable for uh, you know pretty decent. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of going on in that beer, so. I'll, mm-hmm. So, might be a little bit expensive, but still fun. Fun to drink, and uh, you can oh,
0: splurge on it. Yeah, occasionally.
1: I can. I can splurge on it. And then, um, and then moving on to the next one, I did have a hoof hearted beer again. Hoof hearted uh, must have hitched the hitched the ride with decadent and came over. They brought one beer into town, as far as I can tell. I one beer was uh, was available, and this was their. Um, Are we having fun yet? And it's a hazy pale ale, so. I had to try it. You know, I wanted to, when we were in uh when we were in Columbus last summer when we went to go visit John at his brewery, uh we 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 wanted to go I wanted to go visit Hoofhearted and they have a brewing facility that wasn't too far from our hotel. We were gonna go out there and I thought I thought it was like a, a brew pub, but it turns out it was just their manufacturing brewery. And we'd have to go all the way into Columbus, downtown Columbus, to go to the actual brewery to drink. And I just didn't want to go that extra. We were staying up north in Pleasant. No. Shoot. I forgot the damn town that Kyle Lilly lives in. Pleasant something. Hill. Pleasant Valley. Bill? Pleasant Valley. Pleasant. Man, he's going to kill me because I can't remember where he lives. But, um, But we were – it was a little bit far for us to go – that night to all the way in and, you know, an hour or so drive into Columbus, go and eat and drink and then drive all that way back. We decided that we just stay in town and we went to the the store and we picked up, we made our own, uh, you know, we we each bought a bunch of single can beers and we just went to the hotel lobby and and drank uh, until like one o'clock in the morning (laughs) sharing beers and chatting and having a great time, which was, uh, which was probably better, right? We didn't have to drive anywhere. We just could stay there and, and have a good time. But, but yeah, hoof hearted. I wanted to visit them when we were in Columbus and we didn't make it there, but now I've had one of their beers. Um, this, this beer was, like I said, a, it's a hazy pale ale, lots of tropical flavor, very, very smooth and creamy, uh, a very good pale ale. And as you mentioned, Chris, not a lot of hoppy character. I mean, it was subtle, subtle hoppy character. Uh, and no bitterness. This is really a, a fairly, un, you know, it's a hazy, so it shouldn't be too bitter, but very little bitterness and just very light flavor, but still had good flavor. I gave it a four-cap rating. And then I already mentioned, I can just kind of, uh, oh, I I have another one I got to talk about too, but I'll talk about Jim Dandy's Juicy Jim. Um, that one was a, a beer that I wanted just, I already mentioned, that was really good uh, too. So uh, And Belching Beaver, Buenos tiempos Mexican Lager. Come on, who doesn't like a good Mexican lager? I had to try it. But, you know, Bouncing or Belching Beavers is, is great. Um this one is a really good Mexican lager. Has a lot of biscuity malt and some corn flavor in there. Uh and just uh, you know, very crisp and dry. It, it didn't didn't have a lot of sweetness. It had a a sense of sweetness, but it wasn't sweet, right? It, you know, some of those Mexican lagers sometimes can come across a little bit uh, sweeter. No, this thing had a little sense of sweetness, but finished nice and dry, very smooth, crisp, very nice to drink. I gave that one a four cap rating. And then the last beer that I'm going to talk about is, uh, is a collaboration beer. And this is from Brewfist, which I think is an Italian brewery, and Prairie Artisan Ales, which is out of Oklahoma. And this is their Spaghetti Western Russian Imperial Stout with coffee. And I've had this bottle probably eight months, maybe. I don't know, a long time. I should have drank it a long time ago, maybe a year. I might have had it a year. I can't remember. I should have drank it a long time ago, but it's just been kind of sitting in the back of my beer fridge. And I finally popped it out and said, you know what, I'm drinking this thing now before the coffee falls too far out. I'll tell you what, the coffee didn't... If the coffee fell out, it fell out to the right amount. Because as you mentioned, Chris... On that uh, Fremont beer you had, where the, where people were complaining the coffee was too strong, um, this coffee was just right. You know, you just taste you can taste a hint of the coffee in there. Uh, it the the flavors and the bitterness. It wasn't too bitter. It uh, it went very well with that chocolate uh, character from that Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, very well at first, very good beer. At first, I was drinking it and I hadn't let it warm up completely, and I was. I wasn't getting the flavor. The flavor wasn't coming out as much, and it was kind of being a little bit sharp, and I'm like, okay, let me let this thing warm up. So I let it warm up, and then once I let it warm up and started drinking it, it totally changed the flavor. The, I mean, the, this, the chocolate came out more. Uh, it, was, it was kind of like a dark, like almost a combination of a dark, creamy chocolate uh, feel with the with the viscous mouthfeel, uh, and the coffee just kind of settled in there in the background, and it was it was very nice. So I recommend if this beer is around your area, uh, grab a bottle, and then open it up, pour it into a glass, let the glass warm up to uh, you know a little bit so it's not so cold, and you'll get a very good uh, experience with it. Now you don't have to let it go all the way to room temperature, but let it warm up so it's not like refrigerator cold. It'll be very good.
0: I like the name of that beer though.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a play off of the old spaghetti westerns, right? From- mm-hmm.
0: Mm, It just kind of makes me hungry, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah, hungry for (laughs) some beer.
0: Well, that and spaghetti.
1: Yeah, and spaghetti. (laughs) All right, right, well, let's get into some listener feedback. We did not have any voicemails, but if you would like to leave a voicemail and let us know what you think of the show, ask us questions, let us know about your craft beer journey, or just give us some information of stuff you wanted to talk about, you can do that very easily. You can just call us at 208 536-3359 536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY and leave your voicemail. Just go and leave it, and we'll play it on the air and answer your questions and give you feedback live on the show. All right, we are running an iTunes review contest for a set of four B-Cups, our great sponsor for Minute Reality with their B-Cups. And uh, I, I think we still have a few shows before. I think that one's... Um, Actually, I think that contest ends on our fifth year anniversary. No way. Yeah. Episode 130 is the end of our fifth year of this show, completed five whole years, which is, but what better way of celebrating than to give away a set of B-Cups to one lucky listener who, what do you have to do? All you have to do is leave us an iTunes review, and you will be automatically entered into the contest. And we did have another iTunes review left this show. And this is from Mr. Matt Knight. He left a great iTunes review. We just want to say thank you, Matt, for taking the time, leaving the review,
0: and you are now entered in to win yourself a set of those B-Cups. So good luck. It only takes like thirty seconds to leave us an iTunes review, and you can get entered in the contest. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to leave. It doesn't have to be some long, you know. I mean, hey, the more words,
1: hey, I'm, I'll, I'll read them. I really love reading their words. But even if it's a short, we have some that just are short to the point. Uh, say a couple things that hey, these guys are great to listen to. You know, whatever. You know, you know I'm not gonna put words in your mouth, but you know, give us uh, some kind words, and and that helps people find us and and find out that hey, these guys. Are pretty fun to listen to.
0: Well, I mean, you could just as long as you leave a five star review, you can write whatever you want about me. <laughs> just five stars. Chris is an idiot. Doesn't know what he's talking about. And he smells funny. So yeah, yeah. write whatever you want, but just leave five stars. Yeah, you know that Chris guy. I think he works for Devore. Uh, he. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So we did have some feedback. Let me. I'm gonna start off with the first feedback. Or do you want to start off? You want to read John's, or you want to? I Mac- do.
0: I. I love reading stuff that John writes. Yeah, go ahead and start off and read John's uh, message to us from a little feedback. Since he couldn't join us last time. Yeah, he tried. I know. I know. Anyway, so John messaged us with an answer to our question about cryo hops. And uh, we were talking about cryo hops uh, in a beer that I had uh, two weeks ago or so from 450 that had some. Cryo hops in it. <laughs> um, they are a product of a new method of processing hops. He says, he says it removes more of the vegetal matter. Jesus, uh, <laughs> removes more of the vegetal matter and pre- preserves the hop oils. Done for many hop varieties, costs about twice as much, but you can generally use half the amount. It's intended to give really good flavor and aroma and minimize loss from the extra hop material.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so now we know what these cryo hops are. I have seen them in beers. In fact, I've had a couple of these cryo hop beers from Hop Valley. I think it is. Uh, they're a brewery out out in uh, Eugene, Oregon. I visited that brewery back before they were bought by Miller Coors, which I just found. I just realized that they got bought by them. You know, a couple shows ago when we read it on the <laughs> on a news article, uh, it was shocked me because I didn't realize that they had been uh, bought out. But they they make some great hoppy beers and uh, they've been making a series of cryo hop beers and, and they are pretty tasty. I I will say they do have a lot of um, like hop bursting flavor in them. So it seems like it's, like you said, you can get that extra hop uh, flavor character without having the vegetal matter in there kind of, uh, uh, you know, have, having a chance of, of wrecking that beer, adding that extra uh, green taste in there so that's good Well, you know what why don't you go ahead and just read all the,
0: the feedback Chris you okay, okay with that so I, th- I think I can do that you can do it so I think so so we had a, a, a post from Kyle Lilly at Kyle in Ohio on Twitter he writes this episode is fitting since I just added Royal Doc's Brute Squad to my kegerator it's a fantastic example of a brute IPA hashtag craft beer Yeah. So in our last episode, we were talking about the brute IPA style. Mm -hmm. And uh, now he's got a keg. Kyle, I'm coming over. Yeah. Royal Docs. I I mean, that's supposed
1: to be, I mean, he talks about Royal Docs all the time. They make good beer. Yeah.
0: They should. All right. Our buddy Tom Joseph at King Holmes on Twitter writes Great episode. Not a great beer style. (laughs) Hey, we have to have both sides, right? Everyone, you know, has their opinion. Look, I don't want you to like everything. Tell me the (laughs) stuff you don't like and why, and then I can make my own opinion about it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And then Peter LaVania at uh, Vote LaVania mentioned on Twitter, it's fine. To be honest, I enjoy extra brute champagne and cider, but I'll take those any day over a brute IPA if I want a dry drink. What I crave are really bitter West Coast IPAs. Brute IPA takes the best part of the West Coast style out and keeps the dryness. Not for me. <laughs> you know what?
1: So. I, I can't argue. I can't argue because, you know, he makes valid points that it, you know, we've kind of mentioned it, right? I, I feel a similar way that so far I've tried these Brute IPAs and it seems just like that. Like they take away some of that character that is enjoyable in you know, reason why we drink the IPA. Um, but I'm not saying that it's, it's a style that won't mature and, and I won't find the right one that I just love. I'm hoping to find that one day. And I still, you know, I told you I was going to go out and see if I can go and pick up some new Belgian brute or some, I think it's Sierra Nevada has a brute. Mm-hmm. I can't find those, either of those beers out there now. I think they, they're they all sold out.
0: <laughs> so. so currently with our, with our feedback, we have two people not really for the brute IPA and one person who... I mean, he likes it so much he bought a whole keg. Well, probably a a sixth keg of... Uh, a Brute IPA. Yeah. So we'll move on to the last one from Matt Helmer, a devious Mr. Matt. He says on Twitter, thanks to Tap the Craft Podcast, I now know what a Brute IPA is, and it has nothing to do with Brute Cologne. Thank (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) So Matt's kind of neutral on that one. I don't know if you like it or don't, but um, currently the score is, well. I mean, if you take yours into account, we're tied two to two.
1: Okay. Two to two. All right. All right. Well, uh, is Brute Cologne even still being manufactured? <laughs> I'm sh- at, probably at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, These old guys coming mm-hmm. on and talking about brute uh, Cologne. Uh, you just called me old.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, you are <laughs> old. And Matt's Fair old, enough. too.
1: Fair enough. I'm young still. young Okay. Well, hey, thank you for reading those, Chris. And thank you to all of our listeners for Hey, chiming in and giving us uh, a little bit of uh, feedback on what you think of the Brute IPA style. And, of course, for John, if he would have been able to get on the show last episode, he would have told us what cryo hops were live. But because he had to listen to it after the fact, uh, he's chiming in to give us a little history, a little uh, knowledge right there on, on those hops. So if you would like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can easily do that through email at tapthecraft or gmail.com, or you can do it on Twitter. Just follow us at Tap the Craft. And Chris would love to interact with you on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And again, we do have that voicemail number 208-536-3359 or 208-53, oddly. Leave your feedback questions there. And then of course, we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that Chris and I are putting out, we know you'll find some other great shows like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Forum Radio Network over at OpenFormRadio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Forum Radio Proper, Facetious Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels Slash Entertainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey. Thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right. Well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz. And the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, as we already mentioned earlier in the show, we are going to focus on the big merger announcement between Boston Beer Company and Dogfish Head Brewery. And we're going to go into a little history about the two breweries. So let's go ahead and start off with with the uh, the news and and i'm taking this just from the the release the, the news release that boston beer company put on their website on may 9th this is uh, i'll have a link of for this in, in the show notes so if you want to go follow it yourself just go and find the show notes and click it uh, so basically the boston beer company and dogfish head brewery are going to merge creating them this is their words the most dynamic american-owned platform for craft beer and beyond. And I I laugh at this beyond thing because I don't think I realize what this beyond... You know, I didn't realize that Boston Beer Company had turned into something beyond beer. But we'll get into that here in, in a minute. So there was cash and stock transaction valued at approximately $300 million. This combines two... Oh, and they're also... Here's their words. They're combining two... Award winning craft beer pioneers with unrivaled brewing expertise and portfolios of leading beer and quote beyond beer brands. So again, they're they're hyping this thing up. That this is like these are two like gods in the beer
0: industry. Now that's just their way to say that they're the old guys.
1: Yeah, they're the old guys that have been doing it since the pioneering days. But but they're uh, still around. And they're still around. Um, they're still around. That's, so that's- That's saying something. Yeah. Yeah. So the companies have signed a definitive merger agreement, bringing together the two pioneering independent craft breweries and two illustrious founders and brewers, Jim Cook and Sam Calgione. Together, Boston beer and dogfish head will create a powerful American owned platform for craft beer and beyond. The new entity will possess more than half of a century of craft brewing expertise, a balanced portfolio of leading beer and Beyond Beer Brands at a high end price point and industry leadership in innovation and quality. Following the transaction, the combined company will have a leading position in the high end of the U.S. beer market, bringing together Boston Beer's craft beer portfolio and top ranked sales team with Dogfish Head's award winning portfolio of IPA and Session Sour Brands.
0: Hmm.
1: Which again, this stuff uh, I I didn't know that Dogfish Head was known for their session sour brands. They have one damn sour beer sequence. two. Well, now they have two, two but be, you know before they only had one, right? And I don't I, I don't think the 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 Super Eight Goza is a session one, right? It's like eight percent or something like that. No, oh, I'm not sure. That I don't know. I, so. Now I'm probably talking on my butt. I don't know what it is honestly, but I thought it was a higher octane beer, but I could be wrong. But interesting. Now, IPA. I can agree. Dogfish Head does bring some well-known, popular IPAs into the the beer mix for Sam Adams. Sam Adams, Boston Beer, pretty much in the beer area, focuses on their Boston Lager, right? That's the mm-hmm. breadwinner of their beer lineup. They tried to do an IPA with that Rebel IPA. I I believe it. I don't oh, even yeah. think they make it anymore, right? I think it failed All miserably. That's-
0: all that stuff they put on Nitro too. The coffee Nitro yeah, that yeah. it was that was actually pretty good. But the they did a, a Nitro IPA with that the uh, the Rebel IPA awful.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. So they dabbled. They've dabbled in beers. They you know they have the Sam seventy six Lager. They have a uh, they have a bunch of things. They they did they were releasing some very interesting beers about ten years ago in these really fancy. Twenty-five ounce bottles that are specially shaped, mm-hmm. and they had like the New World Stout, and they, and these and these were actually pretty good beers. I actually enjoyed all the beers that they did, but that was a limited time that they were doing that. They were trying to to do some special. They also have Utopias,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is their really high end. I went. I don't know if I call it beer because it's more like a like it's a, pretty much like liquor, like liquor. But uh but yeah, so I can see why boston beer would want to go ahead and add some variety to their beer for sure so chris why don't you go ahead and continue in on with this uh this article
0: yeah i I, uh and it was kind of now that you just say it like that i mean you've got sam adams who's extremely consistent with one Mm -hmm. one main beer really and then you've got dogfish head who really just kind of steps outside of the box and puts some really weird things together. And I feel like if they meet in the middle, I think they could do some pretty cool things, but let's, uh, let's read a little bit more about that. Uh, the combined company will maintain its status as an independent craft brewery as defined by the brewers association. It will be better positioned to compete against the global beer conglomerates within the craft beer category that are 50 and a hundred times its size. While still representing less than two percent of the beer sold in the United States.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So this is a this is a. I mean, less these combined these combined companies
0: will still only provide less than two percent of the beer, which which (laughs) amazes. I mean, just thinking about it because I I've read I've been reading a couple articles about it. I actually have one up from NPR that talks about how much these two breweries produce in a year. Mm Mm-hmm. And you look at that and go, yeah, that's that's just two percent of the beer sold in the United in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, most importantly, this combination brings together two of the leading founder brewers in the United States: Jim Cook of Boston Beer and Sam Calgione of Dogfish Head, both of whom will continue to lead brewing innovations for the newly combined company. I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll. I'm gonna. I might jump into the uh, article from NPR here in just a second, okay. just to read. Read the very last paragraph of it, which okay. is which, which will kind of go along with what you just kind of <laughs> said. Um, where did I stop? Uh, Sam and Mariah Calgione, Dogfish Heads' two co-founders, have elected to take substantially all of their merger consideration in the form of Sam stock, which will collectively become the largest non-institutional shareholders after Jim Cook, following the close of the transaction. Sam Calgione will join Boston Beer's Board of Directors and Dogfish Head's Band of Off-Centered Coworkers. Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's what he said.
0: Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of Off-Centered Coworkers. Those are the kind of people I like working with, yeah, though. Yeah. Uh, will join the Boston Beer team and continue to be heavily involved in the beer and beer beyond beer projects as the companies expand opportunities for future innovation. Uh, the combined company will be led by Boston beer CEO, Dave Berwick. And he says, this is a formidable combination of brands, incredible brewing talent and leaders who remain hundred percent focused and committed to the long-term health of our breweries and the growing beer industry. United, we will have the highest quality most distinct high-end portfolio from both a price point and the and product perspective, with the top-ranked sales organization to bring it to market. We expect that we'll see more consolidation in the craft industry over time, and we'll be in the best position to take advantage of those changes. Mm-hmm. Sam Calgioni and his family will receive approximately four hundred and six thousand shares. I said that four hundred and six thousand yep. shares. Yep of Boston beer stock based on a share price of $314.16 per share. For those of you that don't have a calculator I, handy, I that's-
1: a- Yeah, I, I put that in because I didn't want to do the math in my head, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you can do the math in your head at this point in the show, you're my hero, right? So uh, for those of you playing along at home, that's $128 million. That's
1: That's his own private- amount that he and his wife get that's theirs yeah 128
0: million dollars just for them
1: just for the two of them that's what they get okay
0: <laughs> uh, it's okay so it's 127 million 727 thousand six hundred i said about
1: i said okay. i said a little about i, oh, I rounded oh, i'm up.
0: sorry i i thought that was a different symbol it's approximately, <laughs> it's approximately 128 million dollars 120 yeah I, I rounded up slightly <laughs> sir i stand corrected <laughs> Uh <laughs> but it's uh mm, that that's a lot of shares. Uh so he's gonna receive 128 million dollars. Dogfish head shareholders will also receive 173 million dollars in, in cash. 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 Yes. Cash. You're gonna need a big truck for that. Yeah. Uh most of all uh most all of which is for the benefit of Dogfish Head's financial investors. With the exception of certain transaction-related expenses,
1: yeah. So, the a a few years ago, Dogfish had sold fifteen percent of their Mm -hmm. company to an investment company for one hundred forty-five million dollars. So, that so out of that one hundred seventy-three million, that's where that's where almost all of it's going to, and then the last thirty ish million will be left for the other shareholders and, and and maybe whatever, I don't know. I'm assuming their employees might be shareholders too. Maybe. I don't know, but yeah, it's, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. I hope, I hope that the employees get something. I know they're, I mean, the employees are keeping their jobs, so that's good. That's always positive. And they did expand. I mean, they doubled their uh, personnel when they took that, uh, that capital investment. They doubled the amount of employees they had. They also did some ridiculous renovation of their tap room. It was like multi-million, like $30 million renovation of their tap room. I'm like, who spends $30 million on a tap room? That seemed a little excessive to me.
0: I don't know, but I'd like to go find out.
1: Yeah, I want to see what this tap room is all made of it. I mean, come on, that's a lot of money for a tap room. Who Dandy spent thirty million dollars on their tap room, and I love their tap room. So, yeah. Wait, who spent thirty million dollars? Dogfish Head did.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Well, I, I,
1: I okay, think it was like about, it, it was something like thirty million dollars. I think they they spent something to
0: renovate their tap room. That place. I mean that that place was tiny. So I mean they need that renovation. Yeah. yeah. And I don't
1: know. I'll okay. go. Okay, so what uh, what were you gonna read about the NPR article? Was-
0: oh, so I, I was reading through your notes that we were reading through here, um, but it basically just covered basic. Uh, it covered basically what we just talked about. Okay. Um, so I found this article earlier and uh, didn't read ahead. Oh, okay, okay. So
1: so now comes the time when we can go ahead and and say we just read through this this uh, news release that Boston Beer put out. Uh, and, you know, when I first heard the news and first read the articles, I, I immediately, I already had some preconceived notions in my mind. I wrote those down. And I'm going to talk to you about it right now because these are my thoughts. First, my first instinct thoughts that came to my mind when I, when I heard this. The first thing is Sam just got his golden parachute. He's going to retire and live life out in luxury. Sure. He says that, he you know, he's he's a board member. But you know what? Board members are board members. They sit on a board. They make some decisions and paperwork. You know, I I honestly really find it hard to believe that he is going to continue to be involved in the day in day out operations of his portion of the of the brewery. Um, I think this was his way of uh, of saying, "Hey, uh, I'm not getting any younger, and I want to be set up." For life, and now he's got a hundred and twenty-eight million dollars. That uh, that's going to set up a pretty good. So it's a big win for Sam and Mariah for sure. They they definitely uh, uh, win now. Boston, I don't know. I think oh.
0: he will. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if you've ever read any of his book uh, uh, that he put out. Um, but I think he might actually stick to that. Okay. Uh, you know what?
1: I I would love I. Uh, I'm just saying what my thoughts are is that he's even if he may stick around and do diddle dabble with it for a little, he's set up himself. He set himself up that he doesn't have to if he doesn't want to. He can let it to other managers managing that stuff. I I don't I don't think that Dogfish Head is gonna continue to go out and do as many quirky, bizarre, dumb stunt beers that they've done so many times in the past i think i i mean maybe they will but i think that's some of that's going to be reined in because you know they're going to be focused on getting the big sellers out there and and brewing those ipas and brewing those sours that they you know session sours that they wanted to get in and getting those out to the entire country and that's what they're going to focus on and not on these bizarre You know, historic beer and weird ingredient things that they've been doing when they first started in a small little, you know, few keg uh, brewery. I think, you know, I think they're, I think things have changed. I'm going to, I'm going to say that, that uh, times have changed and they're going to be focused on producing the beers that's going to sell because it's a tough time in the craft beer industry right now. These mid, mid size, to large breweries, like Dogfish head is three hundred thousand barrels a year, I think they're they're going to put out this year um, that's the size where they're struggling right they're they're expanding he took on a hundred and forty five million dollar debt, and now you 've got to produce and how do you pay back that kind of loan when you're you know when you're brewing and and, not, and making us a, a small amount of profit, you know, to be able to pay off that huge debt. Um, I think he was scared. I think he f- found a way to s- save the brewery, to to not have that debt over his head, and be able to keep it alive and help Sam Adams out by providing them a, a more diverse beer um, menu, you know, for their clients, you know. So I think... I think he, I think Sam was scared. I think he really was. I think also um Jim Cook you know was getting a little nervous. I don't I think their Boston Lager, I think their beer, I think their beer sales are going down uh compared to you know what their other stuff is doing, right? They're they're producing all this other beyond beer stuff and they're and Boston Lager sure it's going to sell beer, but I think with all the hyper local activity of all these small breweries out there, Um, people are going and drinking the good local stuff and not necessarily buying as much of the the mass-produced, the bigger stuff. You know, they're not buying. You know, I don't go into the store and buy Dogfish Head or Sam Adams. I go into the store and I buy Revision. I buy Decadent. I buy these beers that are, you know, smaller and, you know, more unique and, you know, changing all the time. Uh, And I think a lot of people are doing the same thing. So I, yeah. I I think both companies were were
0: kind of getting nervous. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one because I mean, I mean if you look at it, Boston Lager, and I don't mean this in a negative way, is basically just become like a glorified Budweiser.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's it's yeah, it's I mean, I, I mean, I drink Boston Lager when there's nothing else available. It's yeah. it's okay, but it, if I, again, if I'm gonna drink a lager. I'm going to go and get North Fork lager from Payette, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm going to get my local lager. For one thing, it tastes better. It's got, it's got great flavors and I'm supporting my local brewery. And that's what people want. They want their local breweries to survive. So they're going to go and buy local and not necessarily the big regional or national breweries like Boston lager is now. Um, so but yeah, I think, I think they were seeing in the, they're writing on the wall that something needed to change to keep to keep both these breweries going and not struggle like so many of these you know, same range breweries are doing. And they know that consolidation is the key to keeping this strong. I would not be surprised to see that Boston Beer picks up other breweries. They do this one first, Dogfish Head, mm-hmm. they get it rolled out, They start. they figure out how it works, and guess what? They're going to start acquiring other like-size breweries that can help diversify their portfolio of beers and help them survive during this time where there's just so much beer out there. I think that's what's going to happen for sure. Um, so as I mentioned, Boston Beer, they now have access to that craft variety, um, and they also have their cult following. So they can keep selling their Boston Lager to people that like it, but but now they're going to be able to add Dogfish Head's beer and gain all the... Dogfish heads, you know, fans that are out there. And guess what? I would not be surprised if now we see sampler packs that have Dogfish Head Boston beer combos and you'll get some sixty minute IPAs and some sours and some Boston Lagers in there. And now you're getting you know, you're kind of reinvigorating Boston Lager that people don't necessarily go out and buy it. They may have it in a sampler pack and now they they realize, oh, this isn't too bad and, and pick up, you know, some when they see it, I mean, maybe who knows? Who knows what their plans are? But, but, uh, but this whole beyond beer thing they're doing—I didn't realize that Boston Lager—they have, they own Angry Orchard cider, they own mm-hmm. Twisted Tea, Truly Hard Seltzer, and a number of other, uh, you know, not or alcoholic beverages that I had n- never heard of. Um, I didn't realize they had gone that deep into the other beyond beer type uh, mentality of. of sp- you know, providing other stuff, so um, that was new to me. I didn't realize that. So, so yeah, so this is also a win for for Sam Adams and, and Boston Lager uh, by adding this other uh, brewery with the the variety. Another big win for Dogfish Head. They're they've been trying to expand and get their beers out. We just got Dogfish Head in Boise just a few months ago. Getting distribution is tough. Well, guess what? Dogfish Head now has. The national distribution logistics from Boston Beer. Now they can just load their beers in and get them out in their their distribution network. And now they can get their beer out into more market, just flood it with with their beer.
0: Now everyone can have a hundred and twenty minute IPA. Everyone
1: can have it. I can have it. And now maybe we can, you know, other drink people. the Kool Aid people. Yeah, yeah, drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think the Dogfish Head they currently distribute to like forty or forty. 40 states, I think. Uh, and I mentioned that they are on track to brewing 30,000 barrels this year. That's just from their own brewing facility. Now you go ahead and add some extra capacity from some of the San Adams breweries, and now you're going to pop those dogfish heads up into the half million barrels or more uh, per year, and, and they'll be able to distribute that out to a lot of people. Um, and as I also mentioned that, uh, you know, that uh, Sam Calgione, um, he's not dumb, you know. He loves what he does. I, you know, I, he may stick it out and keep, you know, giving ideas to brew stuff, you know, for the next, you know, year or so. But he, like I said, he and he and Jim Cook both know that regional breweries at his size are struggling to survive and they have to look at other means to stay relevant. And to be able to you know to keep brewing and keep doing what they love, they don't want to see their brewery all of a sudden start to decline and then they become a brewery that that's been around you know like for Bridgeport or now obviously Dogfish Head is bigger than Bridgeport, but you know breweries that were doing well at one time but they didn't you know they didn't uh, fare well in the changing market and now they're out of business and you just don't want you know Victory is struggling. We're uh, where. Uh, Oh shoot! Weirbacher, Weirbacher, Wirebacher, Wirebacher, right? Wirebacher, Wirebacher, right? They're on the brink of bankruptcy. They're doing contract brewing for other breweries. I mean, they're they were a big brewery now on the verge of of not even existing anymore. And same with Victory, right? I don't want to see Victory go. I like Victory beer. I enjoy drinking their stuff out here. They, you know, I've been drinking their beers for years, and I don't want to see them struggle and and uh, and go out of business because they're at that same that same point you know where it's 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 tough i think sam knew that and he was looking for a way to you know get i won't say get out but get his part while the getting was good so it worked out for him for sure okay anything you want to mention chris i i just ramble on and on
0: i mean i already threw my comments in there now everybody can try 100 minute ipa
1: okay Try that hundred minute. So it's a,
0: it's IPA. the greatest yeah, ever. That's,
1: that's part of their high end. Their high end uh, yeah. price points. I'm I'm curious about that whole high high end price points. What 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 do they mean by high end price points? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, they have Utopias, and now they're going to have 120 minute IPA and Will White Stout and and these big beers that are that literally aren't really beers. They're almost like like liquor because they're 27 percent. Um, 18%, 20 some
0: percent. Uh I mean, I mean I I know Dogfish Head puts out a couple um they had uh man what was that beer called? It was mm, it was a blend. I know there was an IPA blend in there aged in oak or something like that. Um that I really liked or like the uh
1: oh the San Pablo the the brown uh,
0: IPA? Uh, yeah, the, um Man, I can't re- think of what any of their beers are called right now.
1: That's okay. You you've been um, drinking a little bit. Santa,
0: yeah, Santo Paulo, Paulo
1: That's it. Yeah, Santo Paulo. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking um, Yeah, that was good. I like that one. Although it comes across boozy, though, right?
0: Oh no the uh, the Burton Baton. Uh, so they they blend together um, an English style old ale and imperial IPA. An
1: old yeah. L and an imperial iPA
0: yeah, and that one I really like okay. um and, th- and that that comes in at about ten percent,
1: okay, yeah that the, sounds uh, about
0: ten percent because you know old l can be big yeah and uh, Imperial IPA is definitely big, and then they had another one called uh raison dietra uh something like that, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it was um, I, that that's an older beer that's a Belgian style beer. That I remember having, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> when you were 16? Just, just after I got out of high school. Oh, okay. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's still around too. So, I, like I said earlier, I, I think it's a, a beer company who has a very solid one or two beers. hmm Pairing up with a company who's brewing a lot of, doing a lot of littles, but doing it really well.
1: hmm Okay. All right. Well, hey, we are getting a little long, so let's go ahead and get into a little bit of history on these two companies. We'll start off with Boston Beer Company, and I found this information on Wikipedia. So uh, most of this stuff had actual notes to, that go back to the facts for fact checking, but it may not be a 100%. Accurate, so keep that in mind, and I'll again I'll include the link on the show notes. So, starting off, the Boston Beer Company was founded in 1984 by James Jim Cook and Rhonda Coleman. The initial beer offering was Sam Samuel Adams Boston Lager, which was a 4.8% ABV. It's either an amber or a Vienna Lager style. Cook is the sixth generation, firstborn son to follow his family's brewing footsteps. Brewed his first batch of beer in his kitchen using the original family recipe for Lewis Cook Lager. While serving in his role as a manufacturing consultant at Boston Consulting Group, which is known as BCG, Cook developed a business plan for a locally focused beer company. He invested $100,000 of his own money and raised additional funds from investors, family members, and friends, including some former classmates and BCG colleagues. Wow, he went ahead and hit up all of his uh, co-workers and everything to, to fund this thing. Uh, Cook named his beer after the Boston Patriot Samuel Adams, who fought for the American independence and who also had inherited a brewing tradition from his father. In March 1985, Cook introduced the beer as Samuel Adams' Boston Lager over Patriot's Day weekend, which honors the first battle of the American Revolution and today is more widely known for the running of the Boston Marathon. Six weeks later, Samuel Adams was voted best beer in America at the Great American Beer Festival, which uh, only 93 national and regional beers competed that year. 93 beers. It was the best of 93. So, yeah, good for hmm. them. Good for him.
0: That's a light category when only 93 beers participate, huh? That was for the whole festival. Oh, geez. Not even
1: just one category. That was a whole.
0: That was the best beer in America. I mean, I think uh, the hazy IPA had hundred and forty six this yeah. past oh, year. oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's grown, it's grown <laughs> crazy so since ridiculous. then. Ridiculous. But, but keep in mind that, that was back in in nineteen eighty five.
0: So, oh, um, yeah. Th- yeah. there wasn't a lot of craft beer for sure. No. Well, initially, Cook rented excess capacity and brewed the beer at the at the Pittsburgh Brewing Company, best known for their Iron City brand beer. That's a tasty treat if you ever get a hold of that.
1: Yeah, I had, to, I've had Iron City. It's
0: uh, <laughs> not something you should be bragging. No, about, no, no. Think. I've had, yeah. <laughs> uh, as sales increased, Cook developed other contract arrangements at various brewing facilities with excess capacity, ranging from Stroh Breweries, mm-hmm. Portland's original Blitz Weinhard, Weinhard brewery. brewery. Yep, I remember that. Uh, one. Which uh, shut their doors in 1999. Yep. Yeah. Cincinnati's Huda Schoenling Brewery eventually purchased by the Boston Beer Company in early 1997 and industry giant Sab Miller the Boston Beer Company also had a small R&D brewery located in Boston Massachusetts where public tours and beer tastings are offered the brewery occupies part of the premises of the old Hafenreffer Brewery that's just fun to say yeah In 1997, Jim Cook returned to his hometown of Cincinnati to purchase the Hood and Pole Schoenling Schoenling Brewery. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Where his father apprenticed in the 1940s. This was also an important step the company took to reduce reliance on contract brewing. Boston Beer launched Hardcore Cider in 1997 and Twisted Tea Brand in 2000. In 2007, the Boston Beer Company purchased the former F&M Schaefer Brewing Company brewery in Brain Brainingsville, Pennsylvania in the Lehigh Valley. The brewery had the brewery had owned uh, Diageo North America Incorporated and used for the production of Smirnoff ice malt beverages, yeah, I remember that since <laughs> two thousand and one. Get me some jolly ranchers in the Smirnoff ice uh, By two thousand twelve Samuel Adams was producing two thirds of all its beer in the Brainigsville facility, and it has increased brewing capacity there in two thousand and twelve. Boston beer Company launched Angry Orchard, a hard cider company based in Cincinnati, Ohio
1: yeah, so uh. Yeah, I—I I mean, they've been brewing other stuff besides beer for a long time, and I had no idea. I didn't. I didn't
0: know that. they. I mean, I knew they owned Angry. I almost said Angry Chair. Angry. I knew they owned a, <laughs> uh, Angry Orchard, but I—I I swear, Angry Orchard's been around a lot longer than 2012. No, nah, no, guess not. Yeah, yeah, we learned something. I thought so too, but I think it did
1: come out around that time frame. I think this hardcore cider was the one you're th- probably might be
0: thinking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that one a, has
1: been around for a long time.
0: Just get your angry orchard with a shot of fireball in it. It's delicious. <laughs> All right. So that was the
1: Boston beer company's history. Now, uh, a little more interesting, I think, uh, history is dogfish heads, brewing history. Cause they, you know, they, they didn't, they started off, uh, in, in meager way in meager means and, mm-hmm. and ended up, you know making themselves into a pretty substantial uh juggernaut of a brewery so dogfish head brewery is a brewing company based in milton delaware founded by sam calgione it opened in 1995 produces about 262 thousand barrels of beer annually dogfish head has been rapidly growing uh it's been rapidly growing brewery it's grew nearly four hundred percent between two thousand two or three and two thousand six. So in three years it grew almost four hundred percent. That's that's pretty fast. That's fast growth. Now again, in that time frame, keep in mind, that was when, you know, craft beer was just starting to kind of come out into the main I won't say mainstream, but it was just it wasn't it was started to break, branch out of, you know, states, right? They started going and and doing uh more distribution outside of the home state and that's when you know people started getting a variety of craft beer was in that time so of course that growth is going to be because people were searching out and looking for uh, these new beers so interesting the brewery was featured prominent prominently in the documentary beer wars and was the subject of the discovery channel series brewmasters which premiered in 2010 the brewery takes its name from a from Dogfish Head, Maine, where Calgione spent summers as a child. Sam Calgione started brewing in his dorm at Mullenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where he created his first beer out of overripe cherries in a homemade still with his roommates, Ken Marino and Joe Lo Truglio. Dogfish Head has brew houses in Rehoboth, Lewis, and Milton, Delaware, the first successful beer that Dogfish had produced was Midas Touch, which was brewed with honey, white muscat, grapes, and saffron. You know, I, I I always go and I see the ingredients, and I think, what the heck, these aren't beer ingredients, right? Who brews their first beer with overripe cherries? That's almost like the brewing a wine, right? I mean, and then, then using muscat, grapes, and saffron, and honey... Uh, almost like you're doing a wine, a honey wine or something. it's not really, I mean, these are weird, weird beers for
0: sure. He he, he likes the weird ingredients. He does like some weird stuff, yeah, but yeah. I, you know, every once in a while, those hit pretty good.
1: Uh, I guess, I guess. Uh, okay. Although it started by only selling beer in the States of Delaware, in the state of Delaware, Dogfish Head became one of the most profitable microbreweries in the United States. As of 2017, It distributed in 38 states. I think now it's 40, 44 states, something like that. Calgione sources ingredients from around the world. Dogfish Head has become one of the most watched and well-respected breweries in the country thanks in large to part of Calgione's unconventional brewing methods. These ingredients made it possible for his company to grow. The company used to be the smallest microbrewery in the United States, with Calgione starting with three very small kegs with propane burners beneath them. Dogfish Hedge brewery in Rehoboth, Delaware, originally produced only 10 gallons of beer per day when it opened in June of 1995. Dogfish Dogfish Head has become one of America's largest and most well-known breweries, producing more than 100 gallons of beer per day. So uh, they were producing 10 gallons of beer per day. That's... I mean, that's your, I mean, that's like two home, homebrew that's batches. Two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> two,
0: two small little kegs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's nothing. And I mean, how do you open, how do you open a brewery uh, producing 10 gallons per day? I mean, you could I would think that, that a tap room could go through 10 gallons pretty fast. Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't take long. Yeah, so he would open and only maybe only open for a couple hours a day and that was able to to keep
0: keep things stocked. That could yeah. be it. All right. So Dogfish Head tends to produce experimental or extreme beers such as the Tongue in Cheek, Chung and Cheek de Malt, a bottle conditioned malt liquor which typically comes in a Dogfish Head brown paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, classy, uh, dogfish head, produ- uh, dogfish head products often use non-standard ingredients such as green raisins in raison d'etre ale. Um, some beer, some beers, including the worldwide stout 120 minute India pale ale That's what's up. and the raspberry flavored strong ale fort, which I've had that one too. And that one's a really good beer. Mm. Um, they're uh, highly alcoholic, reaching 18 to 20% alcohol by volume. One of Dogfish Head's more notable odd beers was a green beer called Verde Verde Good, <laughs> produced in 2005 and sold only on draft. The beer was not colored green artificially, rather, the green color was derived from brewing a Dortmunder style beer that contained spirulina or blue green algae. Mm. Pangea, first released in 2003, is a Belgian-style strong pale ale made with ingredients from every continent on Earth, including crystallized ginger from Australia, water from Antarctica. That's a cop-out. Basmati (laughs) rice from Asia, (laughs) Muscovado, uh, muscovado sugar from Africa, quinoa from South America, European yeast, and North American maize. The name Pangea refers to the eponymous supercontinent which existed about 250 million years ago Mm. the new york times in 2010 profiled the brewery's efforts to make chicha beer which this beer makes me laugh a lot
1: this one (laughs) a,
0: a traditional latin american beverage made from maize which requires chewing the corn and spitting it in a communal pot yeah don't worry they're gonna boil it it's gonna be fine
1: yeah, I still don't want chewed spit <laughs> beer. I don't. I mean, come on. I again, this is the kind of weird stuff that he likes to brew up. And I mean, some of it might be good, but I, you know what? Most of this stuff that he brews is not good. I. Don't, it's just. It's. I've had some of these weird beers and with all these weird spices and and things in it, and it's. It, I don't know. I just. I don't know what the big draw is. It's just uh, weird, just weird beer. It's something different. Yeah, it's different. It's different, but it's not something I want to, dr- you know, I I want to go and drink something that is is enjoyable, not just something that's weird and historic it, that maybe somebody brewed back in the, you know, 500 B.C. or whatever. I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm okay with drinking traditional pale ales, scotch ales, by the way, which I'm done with now. Finally finished this 32-ounce can. Um I knew you could do it. Yeah, I could yeah. I was talking a lot, so I
0: wasn't having so many sips in between, but uh I got it down. I mean I mean he he even uh Sam Calgioni even did a beer called Pennsylvania Tuxedo, which they incorporated Scrapple in the beer.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he did a scrapple, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I don't want greasy uh meat ends, you know, in my beer. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> I don't know. Scrapple's delicious, at least from my perspective. Yeah, but not in a beer. I just don't want... I want to drink a beer that tastes
0: good, refreshing. All right. I'd be so damn picky.
1: Okay. All right, Chris. What do you think? Should we end this uh, topic? Call it quits? I'm sure we got, like, another good hour in us. Yeah, we probably do, but uh, we are getting a little bit long. It is going to be a two-hour show, so all of our listeners that love long shows, guess what? You've got it. And I'm not done yet. I still got more to say. But before I get to what (laughs) I have to say, it's time for Chris...
0: To go ahead and uh go ahead, raise a glass to someone you'd like to raise a glass to today. Sure. And I was actually thinking about this today, and um, Denny, I want to raise a glass to you. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh I was looking at at this and I don't know if anybody ever sees. I mean, nobody ever really sees how this whole thing comes together with us getting a show put together every two weeks and then uh all of a sudden, magically, it shows up on iTunes or Google Play <laughs> or Podbean or wherever you listen to all of your favorite uh, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I want to get—I want to raise a glass to you, Denny, because you take this two, sometimes three-hour conglomeration of talk and mistakes and bloopers, which are some of my favorite, by the way. I uh, <laughs> like when you put those at the end uh, and and edit it down to a show that that everybody that gets released to everyone and we share on social media and through different um, platforms. And then you also uh, go through, edit all of that. And then you also make notes for all of this. You, you write up a show outline, which we, uh, I'm currently looking and I know there's a lot of extra stuff at the end, but I'm currently looking at a 13 page. So here (laughs) I'll stop. I'll stop on page nine where all of my stuff about B cups and Tavor promo is, uh, we have a nine page outline for our show today. Um, I don't have the time to put all that stuff together. So, Denny, uh, I want to raise a glass to you for putting this all together because you do all of this, and I just get to hop on here and talk to you and drink beer with you. So, cheers to you, my friend. You do an amazing job with this.
1: Well, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. And cheers back to you for joining me on this adventure and uh, taking the time out of of your busy schedule. I I really appreciate you, too, so thank you. Wow, that was nice. I uh, wasn't expecting that, so it's always it's always it's always good. That's that's two two uh, pats on the back. One from you, Chris, and one from from uh, Jim Dandy, uh, brewing. So I, I I'm having a good week already. It's a it's a good week. <laughs> it's a good week. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and raise a glass to my buddy Lucas Rose. Um, he just his wife just gave birth to their second child, a daughter, uh, Evelyn, and I just want to raise my glass to Lucas and say cheers. And uh, I'm glad that you're have a, a a new family member and everyone's doing well and and
0: uh yeah cheers to, cheers to that for sure <laughs> cheers to you guys congratulations yeah.
1: and i you know I, I usually uh bust through the show and then i don't pay attention to what's coming up you know around the time we release a show or maybe a week after and i usually miss a holiday or whatever well guess what i am not going to miss this holiday because uh this holiday means a lot to me and maybe i don't uh let it out as much because uh, sometimes it's, you know I forget to, to to talk about it, but this this show I'm going to mention. It's Memorial Day. Memorial Day will be the weekend uh, after this airs. And why is Memorial Day special for me? Well, for one thing, Memorial Day is all about remembering all those men and women out there who have sacrificed themselves for our freedoms uh, out in war. Uh, also, you know, even out in 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 service of the country for uh, you know for for your your emergency services and such, but for me, it's important because I, I think about. I have a memorial to my great uncle every single day because I'm named after my father, who was named after my uncle, who, or well my uh, after his uncle, who died as a POW uh, in the World War II in the Philippine Islands. And he, he was over there in, uh, in the Philippine Islands and it was in a, a prisoner of war camp and died of malaria and dysentery, uh, which is, you know, very, very bad. Uh, and so my dad, my my grandfather named my dad after his brother and then my dad named me after, uh, I was named after my father. So in a way, I'm a living memorial to my great uncle. So uh, I, I like to think that... Uh, that every day it's Memorial Day for me. So I just want to say uh, happy Memorial Day to everyone. And remember that uh, it's not just another day to go shopping and, and save a, a, a bundle on some new furniture or appliances. Uh, there are a, a lot of people out there that have passed uh, in protection of our, of our freedoms we have in the States. So cheers to all uh, all the military men and women out there who are serving or who have served in the military. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, kick us off with our, our sponsors?
0: Yeah, so I want to raise a glass to B-Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or you can check out their other things that they have going on at Fermented Reality fermentedreality.com and you can check out the world's first full line of style specific plastic beer cups for people on the go whether you're hanging out on the beach by the pool hiking in the wilderness or even enjo- enjoying some boating bee cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware and you can also check out our promo code on tavor if you use promo code tap the craft which is all one word they will give any new user a ten dollar credit after they spend twenty five dollars. Nice. That's that's awesome. Go out there, get some beer and save some money.
1: I like saving money for sure. That's a free beer, basically. Yeah, it's a free beer. In fact, or two. You you mentioned that I have been on hiatus from Tavor, but they did send me an email saying that hey, thank you for being great, and here's ten dollars on your next purchase. I'm like, woo! Oh. I, I might have to. It's already in your in your cart, so I just got to buy. Uh, you know, I get a free beer basically, and and so I might go and back and and try to find
0: some beers to order up so I can save that $10. <laughs> well, I mean, that's 66% off of your shipping cost.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, you're paying $5 shipping now.
0: Yeah. That works perfect.
1: All right, and you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show in our show notes located on the show post at com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loosegrew. And
0: Chris, how can our listeners follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore mackenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK one three four five. Oh, and of course, you know, if you guys want to find me on Facebook, you can always find me on Facebook at (laughs) facebook.com forward slash tap the craft.
1: (laughs) All right. You know what? That is a sign that it's time to bring the show to a close. (laughs) I think Chris and I are both, uh, uh, getting worn out and uh, drinking a little bit of beer and we need to uh, go ahead and close down for the night. But we want to thank you for downloading and listening to this show. We ask you to go and please tell a friend about our show. And of course, if you want to hear what we have to say each t- time an episode is released, go and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn or Google Play or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now, go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers ooh wow i reached I reached a a wall. I definitely hit I, that wall hard. <laughs> I reached something oh.
0: absolutely i i I had this one beer uh but at thirteen point six percent that's that's plenty enough for me, yeah, yeah,
1: and that's a twenty two ounce bottle so that's that's a lot of i did it you did it you did good dogfish head has brewed uh, dogfish, okay, i think i'm starting to this thirty two ounces is starting to uh well i had beers before this one too, but starting to ah rear its ugly head after two hours of recording <laughs> okay. Uh I forgot what I was gonna say. I'm getting hot and sweaty. (laughs) So I need to turn the air conditioning up or turn I mean, I'm literally wiping sweat off my forehead.